listening to another empowering message from Grace Ginning, pastor of Freedom Center Tauranga. For more information about our church, please visit freedomcenter.nz. This is week five of our series, We Are Freedom. And you know, I really feel like the Lord's already just, you know, said so much in the worship this morning about who we are as a church. And in preparing this message, I really felt very strongly that, you know, we, I feel like a move of God is already here. It's a move of God in individual lives and in the people that are coming to this house. And we have just seen people with such breakthrough, people getting deliverance and like God is doing something so, so powerful. And it reminded me, I was reading this week um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, you know, if we go down, 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 verse 17 says, now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, right? And we love that verse and that's a big part of, you know, Freedom Center. But if you go up, It actually talks about, I'm going to read from verse 1. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? This isn't on the screen. This is, I wasn't going to share this, but I want to. Um, Or do we need to be like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. What God is doing here in this place is like a recommendation. It's like a letter, right? And this is something the church doesn't do so well, is we're not so good at broadcasting to people what's happening here. Because what's happening here is powerful. People's lives are getting completely transformed. And it talks about all of this in 2 Corinthians. And then it talks about Moses, how he would spend time with God and his face would be so bright, people couldn't look at him. So he had to put a veil over his face. So then it goes, explains Moses and the veil over his face. And now our lives are so, they, they are the glory of God shining out of us. The freedom that we experience, it's the same for people to look at us the way that they looked at Moses. It's like, oh my gosh, what is God doing? It's like this incredible testimony. It's this letter of recommendation. And then it goes all the way down. And then it says, now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But it gives you this whole kind of backstory. And then it says, and we all who with unveiled faces, so we don't need a covering anymore, the way that they had to cover the face of Moses. We contemplate the Lord's glory. Uh, uh, Sorry, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image. So we are getting, every week we're becoming more and more and more like Jesus with an ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is spirit. And I really feel like this is the word in season for our church, that we are freedom. We are a people who are getting radically transformed, not just getting broken people saved, but getting long-time Christians who've kind of walked away from the real call of God on their life and bringing them back into what He wants to do. That's what a revival looks like. It's not about numbers or people turning up, although heaps of people are turning up. It's about what God does in each and every one of us. And so today I want to kind of talk, I want to speak into that. And I want to give us some, um, ex- like a bit of an explanation about what do we do from here, right? So we've had this amazing series happen. We've had all these great weeks. And, you know, the first week Adam kind of talked about everything you know, about this whole series, he kind of bullet pointed it all. And then Pastor Mike Connell came and that was just like, man, that was wild. Then the third week was freedom from religion and we broke off some of that old kind of hard stuff that we've been stuck in. And then the fourth week was last week, which again, it was chaos. That was freedom from demonic oppression and witchcraft. So if you were there, then you know. If you know, you know, right? 
And then today, we're talking about freedom from me, right? Because all those things are amazing. But do you know what can hold you back from every single thing we've heard and seen happening here? It's you, right? So all of that's incredible. And, you know, we read in Galatians 5 verse 1, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He set us free so we could be free, right? Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So you can get freedom and then be burdened again. And we see this all the time in church. People get freedom and then they get burdened again or they can't, you know, they get set free from something, an addiction, a problem, a struggle, a stronghold, and then they're back in that again. How? How? Didn't the prayer work? Didn't, wasn't the preacher good enough? Like, wasn't God in the room that day? Okay, well, there's a whole journey that goes along with this, and today that's what I want to talk about. Because, you know, we live in a world where we want everything straight away. We want it now. We want it exactly how we want it. We just want it really easy. That's just everywhere in our society. But, you know, anybody who knows, like anyone who knows how to cook knows not everything can be done quickly, right? Some things take time. And sometimes that's the difference between something that's really amazing and something that's, like, nice. Because, you know, if someone might say, oh, this, this steak is so good. Like, how did you get it? Well, I've been marinating it for three days. Thank you. It's got garlic. It's got all the things. Like, so, sometimes good things take time. And sometimes the, it can be a quicker version. And, yeah, it's similar and it's whatever, but it's not the same. Some things, they just take time and they take work. And can I say to someone this morning, your freedom, it takes time and it takes work. As much as the power of God can set you free in a moment, after that moment, there's work to be done. But we don't often want to hear that, right? We don't want to hear how it's actually our responsibility to get that freedom and hold on to it and fight for it and work out the things in us that are holding us back. But that's the journey we have to go on. And, you know, a couple of years ago was the first time I met Pastor Mike Connell. So he wouldn't have remembered me when he came back to our church recently, but he prayed for me at an altar call couple of years ago and I was going through some stuff and it was hard, you know, and you know, like you kind of go in those seasons of life where you feel like if this and this and this and this was better, then I wouldn't be having this problem, right? I was in one of those seasons. If this and this and this wasn't like this, then I wouldn't be in the place that I'm in. So I went to the altar, I gave him a bit of an explanation of what was going on with me and, you know, he was like looking at me and he was listening and then he looked me dead in the eyes and he said to me, it's time for you to grow up. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was so offended. I was like, I was like, I think I even like went like, <laughs> I was shocked. I don't even know this man. He's just like, look at me. And I, I was like, it took me a second. I was like, wow, that was a slap in the face. But I think he's right. So, you know, he, he looked, and I told him that when he came here. I was like, you know, you, you know what you said to me, right? And he was like, oh, what did I say? I'm like, you told me to grow up. And he was like, and did you? <laughs> And I said, yeah, I did. Actually, I did. I needed that word. But, you know, at some point, we have to take responsibility for our part in this journey, right? For our part in getting freedom and staying that way. And that's hard and it's not nice. And I didn't walk away from that altar call feeling like, oh, God, you're so good. You did all this to me. You make me feel so great. It was like a real wake-up call, but I needed it. I needed it because there were things in my life that I had to address and I had to deal with, and that is what freedom looks like. It looks like staring down the barrel of a gun sometimes and saying, okay, we're going to do this thing. We're going to figure this out. So this morning, I just want to take you through some things we need to do. Maybe you've had deliverance prayer recently. Maybe you feel like, you know, you've had this new encounter with God or this experience and some things have broken off your life. So the question is, now what? 
Now what do I do? How do I stay free? How do I continue in this walk? And the first thing we have to do to stay free is we have to recognize. Now, it's important for us as people to be able to recognize things in ourselves. And anyone who's ever prayed, God, God, if there's anything in me that, that just it shouldn't be there, just take it away, God. That is a dangerous thing to say. I don't recommend that, okay? Don't do that because then all this stuff starts coming out of you. But we have to recognize what's in us, right? So I shared this story once before in church, but a long time ago. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to be a nurse. That was my goal growing up. I did school. The university I wanted to go to after high school was Melbourne University. You need very good scores to get to Melbourne Uni. Um, and I got the score that I needed to get in. So I was really happy, like, okay, I'm going to be a nurse, right? I felt like this is going to be me. You do all the stuff and the emergencies and, you know, you just, you act and, you know, all that good stuff that I thought I'm more than capable of doing. Anyway, one day I was at home, and now I'm from a European family. My mum's Italian, so, you know, Italians can be quite loud, can be quite dramatic. So my mum often, when she would cook dinner, would scream, like, ah, you know, because she's like, you know, the knife has like slightly pressed onto her and hasn't broken her skin, but she got a fright. So she would yell. That's like, so normal for my mum. So one day she yelled, ah, from the kitchen, and we're like, oh, good mum, yeah, you know. And then my sister comes running into the room. I'm with my brother. And she starts screaming, mum's cut off her finger, mum's cut off her finger. And I'm like, Joanna, like, as if, you know, like we're so ridiculous. So anyway, we get up, we're like, what's she talking about? And I go into the kitchen and my mum is bent over the chopping board and there's just like things everywhere and there's a finger on the bench. So my brother is like, he goes straight into action mode. He gets the phone, he calls the ambulance. I don't know where my sister is at this point. And me, like, I'm ready to start my nursing career, right? I, I stand like probably two metres from my mum and I just start saying, oh, no, mum, no, no, mum, no, oh, no. And I just cry and cry. And I did nothing. I didn't touch her. I didn't help her. I just stand there and I just cry and cry. <laughs> so in that moment, I realised... Nursing isn't for me. I recognise I'm not actually capable of this job. I'm not actually going to do anything in an emergency. And it turned out it was actually just a prank for my brother. Yeah, so my brother was fine. The ambulance ended up talking to my mum and telling her off, like, you can't do this, it's dangerous. I felt sick for like six weeks, honestly. It ruined me. It, oh man, I couldn't sleep. It was terrible. It was so traumatic. But, you know, my brother was all good. But, you know, I had to recognise... Okay, this is not something I can do, right? It's not something I can do. But, you know, it's the same for us in our spirit. We have to recognize what's happening in me. And, you know, sometimes you might, someone doesn't invite you to something and you're like, man, you know, you hear people say this, like, well, they didn't invite me. They didn't invite me. It's so, oh, so rude. Like, I don't fit in. I don't have any friends. But, you know, can you recognize that there's a, maybe a rejection issue here? That maybe it's not about the fact that they didn't invite you. Maybe there's, it goes a little bit deeper. You know, sometimes people are like, you know, I'm just, everything in my life is out of control and I just, this and that and this and that. And we're trying to diagnose all of the things, right? If I can just, just need everything to be, you know, cleaner and just, I need more money and I just, I need this and this. But really, maybe it's a control issue. Maybe there's something a little bit deeper than that, you know, or this person upset me. So I blew off the handle because of how they did that, blah, 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 blah. Maybe we've got a bit of an anger situation happening. Like, can we recognize that sometimes things actually go deeper than what they seem? But if we can't look inward and say, okay, what's happening here? Why am I like this? We can't really get freedom because often we don't even see things for what they are. Now, this is really like powerful. When you get deliverance, 
Man, the, the thing that has like been on your life gets broken, but it's built its way into your world over a very long period of time. So it doesn't, all of those things that it has built into you don't disappear overnight. But what does happen is you can start to recognize, okay, where has control taken root in my life? Where has rejection taken root in my life? Why does that thing hurt me so much more than it hurts other people? Because what is going on in me that I'm not able to recognize? When we can start to recognize those things, we can start to get real freedom, right? Because we have to stop and actually say, okay, Lord, why does this upset me? And, you know, the Lord will show you because your father did that to you. Oh, okay, I need to forgive my dad. I need to release him from that. I need to actually do the work. There's actually work to be done. We have to be able to see what's happening in us in order to do the work to get that freedom. And this is what Pastor Mike really taught us. And when he came here recently, he was very like, you know, there's a process. You didn't get this way overnight. And he like was just so good at explaining, okay, what do we do? And I'm a practical person. So, you know, I love all the, the church stuff and the this and, the, you know, God can do this and that, whatever, but like also how? You know, like, well, how? Because we'll pray for people, like, okay, you've got, an addicted, you've got an addiction to something. We'll pray, break that addiction off your life. But then the next day, when you feel that craving again, like, well, wasn't it meant to go away? Right? Didn't I get prayer for this? But these are the questions we don't, we don't want to ask because it's, like, awkward. Like, yeah, but just don't, just don't do it, you know? But maybe we need to think about what is driving you to that addiction, what happened before you felt that craving? What did someone say or do? What is it? What's happened in your life that's, that's kind of built you to this point so that you can figure out how to get out of that, right? So it's very spiritual and the power of God can set you free in a moment, but you're a human. And you know, science-wise, they explain it like neural pathways in your mind, yeah? So if you think a thought, it creates a pathway in your brain, literally, you can see them, it's a pathway. If you think the same thought again and again and again and again and again, the pathway gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. So one prayer doesn't erase that thought that you continually have about yourself. One prayer doesn't do that. It sets you free from that spirit. It's got no power over you anymore, but there's still a pattern in your life. And the way that you break that pattern is you change the way you think. And the Bible says it, meditate on the word, fix your mind on the things of God, all ways of explaining that you're a human being and there's a physiological side to you that needs to be addressed. It needs to be dealt with, right? So a lot of you know my story. I grew up and I had an eating disorder for a very, very long time, from 12 till a long time I struggled with bulimia. Very, very hard thing for me. And it really took my, it took my teenage years from me. Like, it took a lot of my childhood from me. I just always lived in this place that I just hated myself. So strong. I thought everyone did. And I heard a teaching once about personality types, and they said, you know, some people have an inner critic. And I was like, yeah, yeah, all people have an inner critic. And they were like, no, no, some people have an inner critic, and some people don't. And honestly, the idea that not everyone lived with a voice that constantly told them they were worthless shocked me to the core. Like, what do you mean people don't live with this? As long as I remember having thoughts, they were against me. That's just how I've lived life. But, you know, that's actually just something that took root in my life. And I've had to recognize that and do the work to undo that voice and to not allow it to continue to have, to have the place that it's taken. And maybe you have that. Maybe there's something that has always been a part of your life. And, yeah, you can get prayer and deliverance. But are you willing to do the work that it will take? to get that thing and all the places that it has gathered and all of the ground that it has taken and take that ground back because that's what we need to do as believers. The second thing 
is we renounce. Now, this is powerful. So let's read Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 says, when an evil spirit leaves a person, so this is what we've been seeing here lately, right? Lots of people getting deliverance. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and it finds its former home empty, swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter the person and live there. So that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. So when you get deliverance, it's very clear that the spirit that you've been set free from will come back and revisit you. I don't think there's any debating that. It's very clear. I think often this is what we experience, right? I get set free, but then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday comes around and I'm like, man, I don't feel like this thing's gone because it comes back and it says, maybe I'll take back my old house. (laughs) You know, I don't want to be a squatter. I want to rent where I was renting previously. So it comes back and it tries to settle. Now, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we, you know, we're walking with the Lord, it can't come back in, but it will try and it will have a go and it will have an attempt But the thing is, we have to recognize that you don't need a special super spiritual person on a Sunday to pray for you, for you to have freedom. What you need is you need to take authority in the power that was given to you by the blood of Jesus and stand against the things that are coming against you. That's the power you do have. So it would be no good for me to tell you, you know what, it's okay, come back, we'll pray for you again. We'll be doing prayer ministry everywhere all the time. And I think sometimes we fail as a church in equipping people in how to grab a hold of their own freedom and walk in it. Because that's what this city needs. It needs some people who are above what they are under. Right? Because Jesus has set you free. He has called you to live above. But sometimes we're living below what we're called to live above. And we're living under something that actually he paid for at the cross. So what was the point then? What was the point? What was the point of him dying if all of us Christians are going to live under all the power of sin and spirit and generational curses and all this stuff that he died to set us free from? That's what freedom is actually supposed to look like. And it says it, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. But there's churches full of people who are saved, but they're not living in freedom. And we didn't change our name to Freedom Center for fun. It's because we believe this is the core of who we are. It's helping people find freedom. So what we have to do, and this is like very practical, right? So if you've had prayer for something, you've had deliverance prayer, you can every single day, and you should every single day, renounce the power of that thing to come back into your life. Renounce the power of that thing to come over your children. If you feel like you're in a warfare, right? Because it does feel like warfare. It feels like, yeah, I know what God did, but I don't know, there's a battle, right? And while there's a battle, you should be saying, okay, anger, I break your hold in my life. I refuse the right for you to come back into my life in Jesus' name. Today, I will not have control come back into my life. I reject you and I command you to go in Jesus' name. That's what we need to be saying to ourselves. And you know, one day you won't need to say that anymore because it will be gone. It will stop attempting to come in because it knows, all right, they've got, they got actually Jesus stuff happening here. I don't think I'm going to get my chance to come back. So they'll move on to someone else. But we actually have to understand we have the ability. We have the power in us, not in the doors of the church, not in a seven-day devotional on the Bible app. The power is in you to stand against the things that are coming for you and your children and to renounce them. Man, we've got to get a hold of this. And you know what it takes? It takes actually getting up and doing it. Get up and say it. 
Don't just think, oh, that's, oh, yeah, I love that. Like, get up and actually say it. I say this. I pray this in my own walk. I say, okay, the spirits of this, 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 that have come against me, that have come through my family line, that have come through the choices that I've made, the things that I've done, today I break your power over my life. I give you no opportunity to come back and I renounce you now in the name of Jesus. Man, it takes work, but it's work we can do. You don't need me to pray for you. You don't need Pastor Adam to pray for you. You need to step into who you're accessible to be by the power of what Jesus did. Come on. The last thing we do, and I know that they're all ours. Okay, guys, alliteration. I didn't do it on purpose, but I did. The last one is receive. So we have to receive the truth. We have to receive. Now, you know, receiving is a funny thing. People who, my love language is gifts. I love gifts right? But I was raised in a culture where, you know, to be polite, you don't, you don't initially receive the gift, right? If someone says they're going to pay for something, you have to say, no, thank, no, no, no. Okay. Then they'll come back a second time. No, no, I want you. And then the second time you say, no, 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 it's okay. That's polite. If you wanted it the first time, that doesn't matter. You still say no, right? This is what I, this is how I was raised. You don't turn up to someone's house empty handed and you don't accept the gift the first time. That's rude guys. Okay. That's what I was taught. This is European culture. They say, hey, you know, I want to get you. No, 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 please, no, you don't need to. No, I really want you. Please, no, no, it's okay. Then if they come back a third time, yes, you receive it. That's great. But that's the two in the fro. The problem with that is if you say it twice, sometimes they'll just say, okay. And then you're like, oh, man. That's not how this goes. <laughs> you meant to go number three and I'm number two. Okay. But sometimes you miss out. That's the problem. We shouldn't do that, guys. Just accept the blessing, all right? But don't be too quick because then you seem entitled. Don't do that. Just, you know, suss it out. Just, But, you know, it's receiving. It's important. It's something we have to do. Now, we see in John 8, verse 31, this is really powerful words of Jesus. To the Jews who had believed in Him, Jesus said. So this is believers, right? This is the Jews who believed in Him, the ones who were following Him. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But you can't be set free if you don't know the truth. And this is where we actually have to do our bit now. Because you can hear it in church on a Sunday. You know, I learned this one scripture, you know, um, something, something, freedom, Christ sets you free, you know, something or other. If you don't really know it, it's not gonna work for you. This is the part where we say, okay, Lord, I want this. I'm hungry for this. I actually want to live my life where all these things that used to have a hold on me, they just don't anymore. Can you imagine that? You know, I heard a preacher once a few years ago. He said, you know, there's people who like, you've been set free from things, but the voices are still there. You know, they still call on you. Those, that, it just lingers there. And I was like, man, yeah, I get that. And he was like, you know, God wants you to not even battle those voices anymore. And honestly, I was like, that can't happen. That's not real, right? Because this is how I am. This is just, this is, you know, this is my, I just, I've always been like this and it's a part of it and I just deal with it. But you know what? I think we're called to live above that. I think that we're called to be a people. It's not that we get prayer and we get set free from anxiety. It's that we don't live with thoughts of anxiety anymore because we trust God. We trust His Word. It's not that, you know, you're really good and you've controlled yourself. You don't watch pornography anymore. It's actually that you're completely set free from that thing. It doesn't even cross your mind anymore. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm pretty sure this is what Jesus died for. I'm pretty sure He died for the churches to be filled with people who are free. 
like actually free, like I don't actually have any, you know the thing in my life right now, my troubling thing? I actually don't have one. I'm actually okay. What? That's insane. Like that can't be real. But it is. That's the kind of freedom Jesus died for. And you know what? More than anything, that's what I want our church to be filled with. People who are a letter of recommendation. Like have you seen, have you heard what Jesus did in my friend? They battled this, they battled that, they had this addiction, but now they actually don't battle it at all. They're completely free. That's where we're called to live. And if that isn't where you live, can I encourage you to go after your freedom? Do not settle for where you are now. The only person who can get you there is you. It's not a better sermon or another fresh anointing at the altar. It's not a great service. It's you. It's you. You have to go after this thing. You have to take up the Word and say, okay, if I know the truth, it will set me free. So what do I do? Here's what you do. You go to the Bible. Okay, and if you've battled rejection, you go to Luke 15, 20, when the prodigal son comes home and the father saw him a long way off and he came out and he came running. Do you know that's for you? It's in the Bible for all of us that have faced rejection. I'm accepted in the beloved. I have to know that truth. I have to meditate on that truth. I have to tell myself that. I have to write it down and say it and repeat it and memorize it until the rejection is gone from me because the truth is more real to me than the rejection ever was. That's what we have the ability to access. If you're fearful, if you're anxious, you say, He has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. We have to get the Word in there. And you can't rely on a preacher to do that for you. You can't rely on a small group leader or a friend or a husband. That's actually yours to go and get. We have to take on that ourselves. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up and actually step into the ability we have to be free. If you feel like you're not good enough, the Bible says you can come boldly into the presence of God. Like the most sacred person, the priest who had to be perfect, he had to meet all these standards and only he could go in. But now God says that you are enough. You can come in, every single one of you. We have to know that truth. Psalm 23, everything that we know, all those good scriptures, those uplifting scriptures, they're the ones we hold tight to. You know, you can search them out. You can even, I know it's crazy, but you can Google it. You just Google it. Scriptures for anxiety, scriptures for, you know, self-hate, scriptures for whatever, whatever it is that you face. You can actually look it up and write them down and say, I'm going to meditate on these words. I'm going to make these the truth that I stand on, that I believe for. And one day, and I can testify to this, one day those other voices, they're just not there anymore. Because God has given us an opportunity to live at such a level of freedom that the world can't even fathom that. And that's what our hope is for every person who comes through the doors of this church, that it wouldn't just be a gathering. It's not about a gathering. It's not about great worship. It's not about any of that. It's about who we can become and then go out and be in the world. People who are so free by the power of God. People who don't carry the burdens that other people carry. People who can say, come up here. Come up. It's great up here. It's free up here. We don't have to come under the things our parents came under. And you know, it's hard. It's hard to say, this didn't happen before me, so I'm gonna make it happen for the generations that come after me. You know, that's hard. It's an injustice to you. A lot of what you carry is an injustice to you that nobody before you fought that battle. But it's time to grow up. It's time to just say, you know what? Should it have been fought for me? Yes. Should they have done better? Yes. Should they have helped? Yes. Should the church have done something? Yes, probably. Blah, 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 whatever. It's time to grow up. 
It's time for us to just take responsibility and say, hey, we're going after freedom. Let's stand to our feet. I just know the Lord is doing a work. And it's not about the church, it's about the people. It's about the people in this house. You know, I met with, we met with a couple this week who had been in church a really long time, experienced a lot through church, and they are saying, they said to us, you know, we just feel like, you know, the Lord is like wanting us to come back and step into His calling. And they're like quite advanced in years. And I felt the, like the compassion of the Lord when I was sitting with them. Like, man, your days are not over. Your days are not over. And the voice that says, this is it, like this is where I stay, that's a lie from the devil. There's more. There is an increase to come. There is a fresh wind to come. And we have to go after it. We can't wait for it to fall in our laps. We can't wait for someone to tell us that from the pulpit. We can't wait for our husband to go after it, for us on our behalf. It's time to just go and get it. Because when we have that freedom, we have the greatest gift that we can give people, that when they look at us, it'll be like the people looking at Moses. God's glory will shine so bright. And that is what brings people to salvation. It's not a great sermon or a really crafty whatever. It's people's lives being transformed by the power of God. It's people getting set free from the things that bind the world from the fear and the hurt and the brokenness. It's us right now in a season of chaos and turmoil and fear and anxiety. It's us having peace and joy and trusting God and knowing that everything is gonna be okay. That's what freedom looks like. Not because we wanna sound good, because we genuinely are at peace. Guys, it's fine. Like I, I talk to Christians and they're like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. We just, I need, where's God in all of this? And I'm, it's terrible. I shouldn't say this. They go to another church. I said, come to my church. He's there. I said it. They were like, I haven't felt God's presence. And I was like, just come to my church. You'll feel it. It's all good. He's here. <laughs> and, I, and I started sharing stories of what the Lord's doing. And they thanked me. They said, thank you for sharing with me, you know, that God is still moving. Like God, God never stopped moving. It's time for us to just step into what He's always been willing to do. So if there's anybody here and you haven't got this relationship with Jesus, you're not sure, you know, if you're actually saved, if you're right with God, if you came to the end of your life today, would you be in heaven? Is He your Saviour and your Lord? That's the number one most important thing. The most important decision you can ever make in your life is are you a true disciple of Jesus? Have you accepted Him into your heart? So I just want everyone to close their eyes right now. Maybe you gave your heart to Jesus once before, but that was a long time ago. Maybe you've slipped away and you just don't know if you're right with God. I wanna give you an opportunity to come back to Him today. He is everything that you need. In Him is the answer to every burning question. In Him is the peace for everything that you're facing right now. So I'm just gonna count to three. And if there's anyone here who needs to recommit their life to Jesus or surrender to Him for the first time, I just want you to put your hand up. One, Jesus loves you. Two, He has a plan for your life. And three, He died to save you. If there's anyone here, just put your hand straight up and we're gonna lead you to Him. The most important decision you could ever make. One, two, Hallelujah. Anyone else? Three. Thank you. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? Come on. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Awesome. We've got three. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together. Three new souls. Hallelujah. Okay. We're going to pray this prayer all together. And then you three people 
can go to the Connect Lounge after the service and someone will meet with you and give you a Bible. So let's all just pray this together in one voice. Dear Lord Jesus, I stand before you and I repent of my sin. I walk away from my old life and I choose to follow you. I accept you as my Lord and Saviour. Come into my heart. Come in today and come in to stay. And I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, can we just give our hands together one more time? Hallelujah. Three new souls, that's awesome. So I just want to pray for you this morning for the strength and the wisdom to go after your freedom. That the Lord would reveal to you your next steps, that He would start to stir in you the things that are still existing in your life, in your heart that shouldn't be there. That He has called you to live above, that He has called you and paid a price for you to get freedom from. Is that okay? So how about you just close your eyes and if you wanna receive that prayer, you can just raise your hands. Holy Spirit, right now, we stand before you as a people who are hungry for the freedom that you truly offer. That Lord, we don't want some rip-off, knock-off version of following You. We don't want some version where we still have our old life, where we still have the pain and the anger. Lord, where we live with the oppression, God, where we live under the generational curses that came before us. God, we want real freedom. We want 100% Jesus loving, knowing intimacy and freedom, Lord, that only You can give us. And right now, Father, over every hand raised, Lord, would You just continue to do a work that You would bring vision, God, to the things inside of us that shouldn't be there any longer. That, Lord, there would be a revelation of what's existing in us, Father, that we need more freedom from God, that we could recognise the things that still are down there, Lord. Surface it, Father God. Bring it out. Bring it up, Lord, that we can get freedom in Your presence and in Your goodness, Father. I pray, Lord, that You would give us the power and the confidence to renounce and to break off the things that are coming against us and our children. Lord, that we would have authority in our homes, Lord. I speak, Lord, over all the men, that God, You would raise up a generation of men who are following You so passionately, God, so wildly, God, that they are changing the direction of their families, Father. Would You raise the men up, Lord God? Thank You, Father. And Lord, I just pray that we will receive Your truth for us, God, as we meditate on it, Lord. As we digest, Father, everything that You've spoken, Father, that it would go deep. That, Lord, every lingering, heavy thing, every thought, God, everything we've learned to live with that we shouldn't have, Lord, that You would make it clear to us. That, Father, there will be a wave of freedom from this house that we have never seen before. That it will go into the highways and the byways. That the freedom that we carry will spread out across Tauranga, God. And it will draw people to You, Jesus. That it will point directly to You. May we be the signs. May we be the bright lights, God, that point people to the cross and to the King. Father God, we just thank You for what You're doing. We thank You, Father, for everything You're doing in this house, Lord. We lift You up. And we worship you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. To get better connected to our church, visit our website at freedomcenter.nz.